The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I work with ambitious moms to help them get control of their food cravings so that they can maintain a healthy weight without deprivation or complicated meal plans. And I'm Mary Preston. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach, and I work with healthcare professionals who are experiencing burnout. And if you have any questions about our programs, the podcast, or anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group. Awesome. Also, guys, I have so many people ask me about why they have such strong and consistent cravings no matter how healthy and clean they eat. So I decided to make a guide to answer this very common issue. Fantastic. It's called the two reasons you can't quit your cravings and what to do about it. And I want to share these transformative strategies with you for free, guys. So just head over to my website at kisaamaro.com. That's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com and enter your name and email and I will send over the guide so that you can tackle your relentless cravings. Fantastic. All right, friends, on to our topic of the day, which is how to exercise when life circumstances change or basically how to exercise when shit hits the fan. Yeah. So guys, in this episode, we wanted to share with you our experiences in exercising when life throws us curveballs. And hopefully you will feel like you are not alone in this wonderful, wonderful world of exercise as challenges and roadblocks pop up unexpectedly. (laughs) We want you to understand that exercise routines will change and evolve over time as your life circumstances change. And that's okay. It's totally normal. It's my hope that through our experiences, you are able to feel some relief and find some ideas and inspiration in our challenges. So I have always been an active person. I grew up dancing and playing various sports. In high school, I was dancing around four hours a day, Monday through Friday. Four hours a day? Yes. Wow. (laughs) I loved it. And then during performances or competitions, we would either have a practice or performance on the weekends. And I love dancing. So there was never any lack of motivation. I was always motivated to dance and move. And there was probably a fear of what would happen if I stopped dancing. And the answer to that was get fat. I was definitely afraid that I was going to get fat. Yeah. So when college rolled around and I wasn't dancing as much as previously, fear drove me to running. And I can remember the day I decided to start running. (laughs) I had never run before in my life except for the mile run in PE. Nice. Other than that, (laughs) I had never run over a mile in a row. (laughs) And my goal was to run three miles. And that was like 
like my my long term goal. I knew I wasn't just going to go out and run three miles, but that was like <laughs> my goal. It's like to work up to three miles, right? So I started at the track so I could track my mileage, and I did a run walk workout for three miles. And the reason I remember this day is because it was pouring down rain. <laughs> But I was committed and fearful, plus it was new and shiny, so I ran walked my three miles. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, and in college, I also had access to a very nice gym for free, so I became an avid worker-outer and was somewhat obsessed and addicted. Some would say I had a really good self-discipline, but I honestly thought that I would get fat if I didn't work out for hours a day. I kept this mindset for years and years, and the more I worked out, you know, the less likely I was to get fat. So I needed to work out as much as possible and burn as many calories as possible. That was the key. <laughs> then I moved to Hawaii, and I was in heaven. I could be outside all year long without freezing cold. I no longer had a gym membership, and I started hiking, surfing and outrigger canoeing, which is where Mary and I met. Mm -hmm. And I loved these activities, but I still had the idea that the more I worked out, the skinnier I'd be and the less likely I was to gain weight. Yeah. Uh, I look, you know, I look back and there were days that I would run the beach before paddling practice or I would paddle and then go for a hike. Mm -hmm. I remember During those days. So yeah. much exercise. <laughs> So much, <laughs> right? You know, it was common practice for me to be doing multiple physical activities a day. And now this isn't the worst thing in the world because I enjoyed the activities I was doing and I would usually do them with friends. But when I felt like I had to do them or else I would get fat, that is where the problem lies. Yeah. You know, uh, this mindset continued as Mary and I joined CrossFit together. It was another amazing sport that I loved and I still have love for, but something shifted for me when I got to CrossFit. It was a new way of working out and I started to get rid of the idea that I had to be working out for hours a day. Gone were the two-hour activities and they were replaced with a one-hour workout, which included you know, a warm-up, a strength and skill, and then the wad or the workout of the day. And I remember when I first started, it baffled me that this one hour of not even moving mm -hmm. the entire time, sometimes our workouts were 10 minutes long, would be enough to keep the weight off. Like I was just so, I was like, how is this going to work? I don't get it. <laughs> it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> but it was, and it did. I didn't get fat and it opened my eyes to the idea that I don't need hours of cardio to stay thin. So now all I had to do to not get fat was to do CrossFit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There were, you know, there were times when we would do a workout and then I'd go surfing, but it was because I wanted to, not because I thought, you know, I need to be spending hours a day working out to stay thin. And then I, you know, I kept this mindset for years and it wasn't until recently that I was confronted with some real challenges that helped me question my beliefs. These circumstances helped me to reevaluate what I was doing with my workout routine and really slow down and notice my obsession about working out and staying thin. I was definitely into making exercise fun, but it was a necessity. And if I, 
And if I, you know, I went a day without working out, I had this fear that I was, you know, going to get fat. And oftentimes it's like, okay, you skip a day, then you have to work out twice as much the next day. Right. Then you have to make it up. Yeah. That idea. So I was definitely into that still. But so the first event that took place was my pregnancy with my daughter. So I had seen pregnant women doing CrossFit and they were snatching more than I was when I wasn't pregnant. And for those of you who don't know what a snatch is, <laughs> I was going to say, please tell the people what a snatch is. <laughs> it's a technical <laughs> lift. It's an Olympic lift where you have a barbell with weight on each end of the barbell and you basically lift it from the ground to over your head in one movement. One smooth motion. One smooth motion. <laughs> So it's a very technical and difficult movement. Um, and there's, you know, these pregnant women uh, snatching more than me when I was not pregnant. Right. Um, and then, you know, they would have their baby and be back in the gym before the six-week checkup because they felt great and they just couldn't stay away. And for those of you who have never had a baby, usually it's like six weeks before you can go back to exercising and just kind of like your regular routine. So it's just like a six week recovery. Um, and you know, I was like, uh, that's going to be me. I'm going to be a badass prego crossfitter and be back in the gym ASAP. <laughs> well, that is not what happened at all. <laughs> I was really sick during my entire pregnancy and completely exhausted. My workouts became really difficult, and to people who didn't know I was pregnant, it probably looked like I was sandbagging it, <laughs> which means I just like dragging and being like, I'll say a wuss about it, but like just doing really light and easy stuff. <laughs> Go, going easy on it. <laughs> going easy on it. And also, for those of you who have never been pregnant, people don't know you're pregnant until like visibly, visibly, like your stomach doesn't really pop out until like halfway through. Like I could have, <laughs> and even when I was working, like I'd be at the gym and I was, to me, I was visibly pregnant. People would be like, are you pregnant? Like they wouldn't know I was pregnant until right. like, I like touched my stomach. They're like, oh, you're pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and it was like, I'm like seven months pregnant. <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyway, so I was using lighter weights in my workout. I was running slower. I was breathing harder. I would have people comment on the fact that they finally beat me in a workout. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like not knowing that I was pregnant. They're like, whoa, I finally beat you. And I'm just like, awesome, you go. <laughs> and I all in my head, I'm like, this is not what it's supposed to be like. I am supposed to have energy and be doing the same weight and difficulty that I have always been able to do. So I needed to reevaluate my thoughts on working out while pregnant. I had to step back and really look into why I was working out. And truthfully, I didn't want to gain a lot of weight during my pregnancy. Like that's why I wanted to work out so mm -hmm. much. That fear, fear of fat just never went away. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had to let go of that thought and the fear that I was going to gain a ton of weight while pregnant. Um, I let go of, ha of having to lift heavy or be fast and looked at working out as just movement. Like my goal was just to move for the day. <laughs> what yeah. can I do to move? 
you know, all I wanted to do was move and stay active. I love movement and truthfully, it's hard for me to sit still for long periods of time. Um, so I reduced my weights and my frequency of working out and I started doing more swimming, like light swimming, lap swimming and yoga as they were just a little more gentle and not as intense on my body. And this was a hard thing to do. And I don't want to lead you on that one day I just woke up and decided to let go of my fear of getting fat and the idea that I had to exercise every day. It took a lot of time and patience. And I, you know, I had to be very kind with myself. I had to remind myself when I was at the gym to choose lighter weights and to not compete with other people I had once competed with. Like every day I was like, okay, like I had to check in with my body that ignore mm -hmm. everyone else like just ignore them <laughs> they don't care what you do <laughs> so hard uh, yeah and you know I had to remind myself I was only there for myself and my baby and my goal was to just move and if I only got two rounds done in 15 minutes while everybody else got five done that's still awesome yeah. you know there's nothing wrong with that and I was there just moving so when my due date was drawing near, I was getting excited to have this baby and feel back to quote unquote normal. <laughs> I wanted this baby out and to get on with my life. I wanted to be able to work out more intensely. I remembered some of the moms com coming back after the birth of their children and it was like they never missed a day. And of course, that was totally going to be me. Absolutely. Well, once again, the universe had other plans for me. I ended up having some complications after a long labor and had a C-section, uh, something I completely didn't want. I was in the hospital a week after my daughter was born recovering from complications, and I literally felt like I had been hit by a truck, like <laughs> a big semi-truck just hit me, ran me over. Oh. Like, I've never felt that so like just taken aback, you know? Yeah. Um, or tired or fatigued and I was just out of it. Plus I was like on drugs. So <laughs> <laughs> prescription drugs, of course. Right. Um, and <laughs> even going home, I was having, you know, a hard time walking and I had to change the way I got out of bed in order to not use my abs. No. Oh. So to like roll on your side and like push your, you use your arm to push you up because you like, you can't sit up like it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it can completely kick my ass. I had to completely let go of any expectations I had for working out anytime soon. Like that wasn't even. Yeah. Not like, on the radar. Not on the radar at all. Um, and even, you know, I wasn't supposed to lift anything over 20 pounds and no stairs. Ooh. And this of course was disappointing, but then again, I didn't have the strength to do any of that anyways. <laughs> so, like I would, I would take walks outside and my first walk was literally down to like the end of the block and back. Yeah. Yeah. I would slowly increase my walks so that they lasted longer. So like five, 10, 15 minutes. And then I got an infection in my incision and it threw me back to barely being able to walk again. Um, so at this point, you know, I was defeated, I was frustrated and overwhelmed. And on top of all that, I was taking care of a beautiful baby who needed to be held or fed every 20 minutes. And of course, didn't sleep yeah. at night. <laughs> so 
on top of like recovering from a surgery, a major surgery, you have this little newborn baby that and you, you just don't, don't know get to sleep anything, anything about. So <laughs> that's, that's always fun. <laughs> so like in my mind, I'm thinking like, how the hell did those moms do it? Like these moms that I saw just like bounce back, you know, yeah. I was baffled. I was barely able to walk around and take care of my child. And I had like these huge bags under my eyes. I didn't know existed until, you know, night feedings. <laughs> and, you know, I was starting to beat myself up for not being as good as them. And then I had to stop. I was like, whoa, you just had a baby cut out of your body with major <laughs> complications and an yeah. infection to boot. Seriously. Yeah. And your child likes to cry and demands to be held, bounced, or rocked um, her waking hours and sleeping hours. <laughs> she, I, we'll, we'll, t- we'll call her a high-maintenance baby. <laughs> uh, so I was like, you know, you got to not compare yourself to anyone else. No one is experiencing what you are experiencing now. You do your own thing, take care of yourself and don't worry about what other people are doing. And, you know, this was my own journey and I had to do what I had to do. I had to let go of what other people were doing and thinking about me. I had to let go of the idea um, I had of, you know, what it would be like to get back into working out after having a baby because that was all wrong. (laughs) So, you know, just like changing my workout during pregnancy, I didn't have an epiphany or wake up one day and just stop comparing myself to other people and start doing my own thing. I had to stay focused and stop myself anytime I went into compare and despair. I started to realize my thoughts of comparison. And when I would think these thoughts, I would stop myself and think other thoughts on purpose. Um, you know, it was a lot of work and staying focused on my needs and the needs of my baby. Good work. Thank you, Mary. (laughs) You know, I concentrated on just moving and was walking. And once my six weeks of recovery were up, I started doing some light yoga and a few, what I call couch squats. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, like stand in front of the couch and I like sit down and then I stand up. (laughs) They were great. But I was excited to do I'm like, yeah, couch squats. I can do couch squats now. I was so excited. Um, you know, I did this for a while and then I would start to go to the open gym so I could just do what I wanted to do, um, stuff that I knew I could do safely and that wasn't too exhausting. I also had an amazing coach who helped me with my recovery training. That's great. Yeah, it was awesome just to have somebody to like – what can I do? Yeah. <laughs> this hurts. Right, this yes. hurts. This hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just like, okay, what about this, this, and this? And she herself had had two cesareans. So she mm-hmm. knows. The, she's been there. Yeah, she's been there. She knows the recovery process. So I almost felt like I was starting from scratch. I had lost most of my strength and there were a lot of move- movements I wasn't able to do. And this was completely frustrating at times. And I just had to let it go. To yeah. Let the expectations go and concentrate on me and only me in the moment. And, you know, what was I able to do today? Like, that was the biggest question. What can I do today? Because mm-hmm. it might be different from two days prior. Great question. Or last yeah. week. Um, you know, was it ride the bike for 10 minutes and then stretch for another 10? If so, awesome. You know, I was 
keeping the habit of moving my body. Like I wanted to get into the gym like twice a week, just so I could, you know, I'm keeping that habit, um, which I felt was important in my huge challenge. And it was something that like, I just need movement in my life. So it was just something that I needed personally. Um, I could at least make the effort to move, even if it was only for 10 minutes or even if it was just walking, I was moving and that's what I love to do. Yeah. So, you know, I had to look at the situation from a different perspective. I had to see the positive in it or else I was going to go crazy. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Um, And just, you know, like sad knowing that I wasn't able to, you know, participate in the CrossFit classes that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the focus off CrossFit and I started focusing on yoga. And there were a ton of classes and levels that I could, that I found on YouTube. And I actually found a really awesome teacher through this process. I love her and I still do her classes today. And, you know, I was able to see what new things I could learn from this experience. So like I'd always, not always, maybe in like I don't know, Mary, when did Anna come to Hawaii the second time? Oh God, are you asking me timelines? Yeah. I'm terrible (laughs) with time. Let's just pretend it was (laughs) 2014. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So let's just pretend it was 2014 and that's when I started doing yoga, but it was like once a week when Anna Mm -hmm. was like, let's go to yoga. I'm like, okay. Um, But then now this is when I like actually like, it's like, oh, this is, you know, I started getting into it and it was just something more friendly for my body at that point. Um, And then, you know, after months of healing, I was, I finally was, you know, feeling back to myself. Mm -hmm. I was taking regular CrossFit classes again and I had built up some strength. I was feeling really good. I was still focusing mainly on yoga and then doing CrossFit twice a week. But I was in a groove and all was really good until dun, 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 yeah. my lower back started hurting. And then it started getting, it was just like this dull ache. And then it started getting worse and worse over yeah. time. And I went to the doctor, I went to the chiropractor, I went to the physical therapist and nothing was helping. And now I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. I can barely walk any distance without pain. I put my CrossFit membership on hold because there was no way I was going to go in there and be tempted to work out because that would just be like a bad idea. Yeah. That was, you know, and that was a difficult decision, but I knew it had to be done. So, you know, frustration, fear, and annoyance were definitely present and looming over, you know, what, like these thoughts of like, you know, what if I'm never able to work out again? What if I can never do yoga again? Uh, then I'm like, hey, I've been here before. I know what to do. I, I got this. Yeah. I looked for something I could do, and that was swimming. You know, it's just like super easy on the back, no impact whatsoever. So I started swimming laps, and I kind of hated it at first, but then I started getting into a rhythm, plus my reward was to sit in the sauna afterwards. Ooh, so. nice. <laughs> I was able to swim a couple times a week and then do some light stretching on other days, just stuff that like didn't hurt my back. And then I found a physical therapist who works with athletes and a lot of CrossFitters um, and he was highly recommended. So 
um, I started seeing him and he was awesome and he had a completely different approach and my back was feeling better within a couple of sessions. So great. It was amazing. It's just, it's just crazy. Like I find a right. different physical therapist mm-hmm. and like nothing. And then I see this guy, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you're amazing. Um, so I, so I started incorporating the movements I did with him into my workouts, which increased my variety. Um, I started going back to the open gym at my CrossFit and doing some minimal yoga. My back was healing slowly over time. Um, and I was able to do more and more movements in CrossFit and yoga. So that was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, there was definitely frustration and tears through this process, but what would help was remembering that this was my journey and that I was doing what my body was asking me to do and what I needed to do to recover and heal properly. Yeah. Now, am I back to where I was when I was 31? (laughs) No. <laughs> but I am in an amazing place where I listen to my body. I respect my body. I have lessened my intensity and I don't care if I ever PR any lift again, which is like a uh, personal record. So like yep. getting a really heavy lift in, like I don't really care about that. Um, I don't care what weight I use or what weight other people use. Uh, I've let go of comparing myself to anyone else because there is no one who has experienced exactly what I've experienced. And I'm happy with the intensity and the frequency of my exercise and activity. And, you know, through all of these situations and circumstances, I really learned how to listen to my body and respect it. So, you know, previously I ignored my body if it was tired. I was just like, oh, well, I'll go work out again. <laughs> right? Yep. You know, I need, to, I need to go work out. I have to. I have to, I have to do it. Um, but now I, you know, like through this process, I was forced to slow down and listen. If I didn't, it'd be in pain and completely fatigued the next day. And then there were days that I literally just couldn't do anything except go for a walk. And the crazy thing is through all of this, I, you know, I didn't get fat. My (laughs) decrease in intensity and amount of exercise didn't make me fat, which like, in a way, it still blows my mind. I understand yeah. it, but it still kind of blows my mind just because I had that mindset for so many years. Right, that fear was driving you to do yeah. so much work for yeah for nothing. For enough, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, what else could I have done with my life? <laughs> right? Could I have gotten straight A's? Hmm, I don't know. Could nah. I have passed this class? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I didn't fail any classes, mom. <laughs> <clears throat> Our number one fan. Truthfully, I didn't. But yes, she's a <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> but it has, you know, it has led me to reevaluate the role exercise has in weight and do research into that aspect. Now, I'm not saying that exercise is not important because it is. It has a ton of benefits besides weight maintenance or weight loss. But I want to suggest what I want to suggest is that you look at the role exercise plays in your life. You know, why do you exercise? Is it to lose weight? Is it because you fear you'll get fat if you don't? Um, How much time and frequency are you exercising? Does it take up all of your time? Is it something that you enjoy or do you dread it? 
you know, like for me, exercise is fun and it is worth it. And now I see like all, I mean, I've always kind of seen other benefits besides the weight loss, you know, like I sleep better at night. Um, you know, it's stress reducer. It's just good for your heart and your body in general. It detoxes. Um, and now those are more of like my main focus versus like that fear of getting fat. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, like, I know all of those health benefits are there and I always did, but I think behind that was always that same fear. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, just, you know, ask yourself, why do you exercise? See mm-hmm. what comes up. Yeah, man. So I'll yeah. share my experience too. You know, like Kisa, my idea of exercise has evolved and changed drastically over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was nine, my family moved to Saugerties and they had built this very new complex with a bunch of soccer and baseball fields. We were all very impressed. Ooh. Lights for, you know, late night games. Oh, <laughs> State of the art. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I spent so much of my childhood there. So I was always on like a soccer or softball team. My friends and I would roller skate all around the roads there. So just kind of always playing and uh, on teams and roller skating and riding bikes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in high school, I kind of thought it was mandatory to join, join sports since my sisters had done so. And I like, I just did everything they did for many years (laughs) without question. I was like, Oh, you played volleyball. I'll play volleyball. Um, so I played volleyball, basketball, track, and softball all four years of high school. Um, mm-hmm. there wasn't ever a time that I wasn't active, usually spending a measly two hours of day of practice compared to Keisa's four hours a day of dance. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Mary. <laughs> even so, I think back two hours a day of practice of some yeah, that's working hard. That's a lot. That's oh, a lot. But I loved it. I yeah. loved being on those teams. I loved those practices. It felt really good to like be with a group of people um, yeah. and working hard like that. And so when I went to college, I joined a lacrosse team just to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. I did really like it. And it was super fun workouts again. But after the first year, there wasn't going to be a JV team. Mm-hmm. And the varsity team there was super, super competitive. And they practiced all the time. And if I decide excuse me, if I decided to do varsity, I would have no life outside Mm -hmm. of lacrosse and going to classes. Well, yeah, I had no life. Yeah. I will say that. Like, no, I didn't have a life. Yeah, (laughs) I just danced. (laughs) I made, uh, for me, it was a pretty interesting decision for the first time ever to not play a sport. Wow. And so at that time, I didn't know that exercise had been helping me control my anxiety and that a combination of factors were going to push me into depression at that point. Oh, um, so I began to gain a lot of weight at that time. And looking back, I wasn't actually any bigger than I am now, which is interesting, but I was so ashamed at that point because working out for two hours a day and running constantly and being on those sports teams, um, that had kind of controlled my weight and my anxiety and my depression. Mm -hmm. Um, and so of course being ashamed of that weight, I started the yo-yo dieting the calorie yeah. restriction, living off of coffee, my first foray into cardio, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, hours of manic movement to lose weight. Ooh, I like I tried weight movement. loss pills, my weight loss or my weight fluctuated up and down. Um, and at the same time I was drinking a lot and my health was just getting really bad. It was just like, I was exhausted all of the time. Mm-hmm. Then after college, my husband, now is my husband, my boyfriend at the time, we just <laughs> up and moved to Hawaii. 
recognizing that something needed to change. And who wouldn't think that Hawaii would fix everything, right? Oh, yeah. It would totally fix everything. Yeah. It's a paradise, Paradise. right? (laughs) (laughs) So in Hawaii, we got a gym membership and we went one time. Oh, Yeah. Only the one time. And I remember because we went and like, you know how you go back to the gym and your muscles hurt really bad because you haven't done it in a long time. And then we just go back. Yeah. Um, It ended up being really lonely out there all by ourselves. And so we got busy drinking and eating at restaurants to make ourselves feel better. Um, So, so it had been probably three years where I, I just really didn't exercise um, mm-hmm. appropriately. I kind of just like fluctuated and sporadically exercised. Um, but then in uh, probably a year in, I decided to start just to go for walks on my own. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was a half mile from our apartment on Ohua Ave to the library along the Alawai. Mm-hmm. And I remember really clearly because I would walk it a couple of mornings a week and it hurt my knees and my body so much to do like oh. this, this yeah. one mile of walking. Yeah. Um, and even though I was just walking, uh, at this point, I was really doing it out of a sense of like shame and punishment and with the sole intention of losing weight. And so sometimes I would jog and I really shouldn't have, you know, my knees just needed slow. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but finally, my friend Maya and I began to work, walk together at lunch. Um, and you met Maya in our episode about eating healthy, even if your partner yeah. doesn't give a shit about health. Yeah. Um, and this was the first time in a really long time that moving my body just felt good. So we would walk and talk and I would feel tired, but more energetic afterwards. It didn't feel like punishment. Mm -hmm. It felt like fun. And then soon after that, another friend suggested that we all join an outrigger canoe team. And we did. And like Kisa mentioned before, this is where we met for the first time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden exercising for fun became a thing for me again. And I think that's the point. Like I've never and will never again be so active in my life. Um, like Kisa was saying earlier, like we were hiking and paddling, we were running together, like before practice and after practice on days when we didn't have practice and going like out into the deep ocean on the canoes sometimes like just for hours and hours. Yeah. Um, and it all actually felt really good at that point. Running around the Lanikai loop was my favorite. It felt so good. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, then as life does, things changed. Maya moved away. I began running sporadically. Um, I dabbled with yoga, which I liked, but I was used to like those hardcore workouts. Yeah. It's so, a different, different mindset. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, like work hard. I was, yeah. I was used to those kinds of things. And got to sweat. Yeah, exactly. So I joined a kickboxing gym and that was a ton of fun. That was a good one. Uh-huh. Um, I am a social exerciser though. And um, that kickboxing gym didn't really have that. Like I kind of met some people there, but. Um, it didn't like make me want to go. And then over the last few years, Keith and I started crossfitting together and I was in heaven. It was close <laughs> to my house, like a quarter of a mile, okay. had classes all day. I only had to work out for an hour. And in a CrossFit class, you could modify everything. So no matter what the workout was, you left feeling like a total badass. Yeah. Um, and my first workout, I remember um, I learned how to modify pull-ups and I was so hooked because... <laughs> Like you never get over the bar, right? And then all of a sudden with this rubber band, I was pulling myself up over. It was so good. Yeah. Um, Everyone was really encouraging. The music was exciting. People were fun. Um, I was in some of the best shape of my life with the ability to do like weighted pull-ups. Still my favorite picture of myself is like, I've got like a 
a weight in a chain and I'm doing a pull up, <laughs> lifting really large really, amounts of weight. Really badass. <laughs> we, should put that, we should put that in the show notes. We probably we should. I'm that. sure I can find it pretty easily. It's one of my favorites on Facebook. <laughs> Um, so over time I kept increasing distances and running and I was hiking a lot. And then one day halfway through a half marathon, my knee hurt and I completely ignored it. Oh yeah. It always ignored pain and pushed through it. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately my knee has never been the same again. Um, I had some setbacks in CrossFit with one of my wrists as well. And I often just kind of pushed myself through that pain that never completely held me back. But the knee was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, I'm five miles in. I can't just stop. And right. <laughs> I think about it now. And it was in Kailua, probably a half mile from my house. <laughs> could have just walked to my house. I could have just stopped running <laughs> and walked to my house and I would have yeah. been fine. But instead, yeah. I ran through it. <laughs> of course. But of course, you know, I was in my early 20s, early 30s. I still felt completely invincible. Right. And so I just kept pushing myself really hard. You know, I, I hiked, I just, I wore um, a knee brace mm-hmm. and my knee would be in excruciating pain on the way down the hills at the end. You know, in Hawaii, most of the hikes are straight up and straight down a mountain. Mm-hmm. And I'd be limping for the last couple of miles on the way down. Um, I refused to believe that I couldn't still do squats and <laughs> still like I had This idea that I was going to learn how to do a pistol in CrossFit, which is, it's literally a one-legged squat. Right. On a knee that always hurt. (laughs) Right. So that was a good, good, that's a good goal. (laughs) That was a really good goal. Um, You know, just did push-ups on fists so I wouldn't hurt my wrist, um, held dumbbells to do it. Just basically like, I was like, oh, I'm in pain, but I'll just do something kind of different and just stayed in pain. Yeah. Um. After moving away from Hawaii, I finally started to learn that my body will not last forever at this pace because I joined a kickboxing gym. I was like, all right, I didn't know anybody. I joined a kickboxing gym right down the road from my house. And in the second class, I went to kick and my base leg just collapsed. Oh, and one, it was slightly embarrassing because it was like one of those (laughs) things where like everybody's around the outside and like one at a time you run in and do a kick. Oh, Um, so it felt kind of like a muscle cramp. So everybody's watching you. Oh, everybody's saying. watching me. And it was like this, um, you know, like this baby kick that I was doing with <laughs> like this big, like, like badass, like roundhouse kick. It was like, <laughs> it was like a tappity tap kick. My muscle cramped. I collapsed. I couldn't walk out of the gym. I did like a crab walk to the side and then oh, I had somebody drive me home. <laughs> And you know me, I was like, it's fine. I got it. Right, right. Oh, I'm not laughing fine. at you, Mary. I promise. I know. <laughs> I was imagining. I was like, And I was like, it's good. It's totally fine. No, yeah. no big deal. But of course it wasn't right. I had torn my calf muscle. Oh, man. Right. I wasn't doing some hardcore move, just a really yeah. simple short kick. And my body just couldn't take the stress of the movement. Mm-hmm. And I finally took some time, but I finally realized that I had to listen to my body. I literally couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took some major time off. I had to use crutches for a while. And luckily, because I did like back off totally, um, it got better much faster than it was supposed to. Um, but I didn't exercise at all for months until it felt better. 
And then I finally just recruited a coworker to walk with me. And that's all we did for almost a full year. And it was perfect. Yeah. And we just, it wasn't even a fast walk most of the time. It was just like a, a chilling, walking and talking. It was great. Yeah. Um, so when I moved to Colorado, <laughs> when I moved to Colorado, I joined a CrossFit gym, right? First off, okay, I'm going to get the community. Of course. That's how you meet people, right? And then, you know, and I had the intention of modifying everything, including squats. Of course. But uh, unfortunately, I learned that it was too late for that. And even very shallow squats gave me excruciating pain. Oh, so even like you were talking about your couch squats. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't go down to the level of a chair and back okay. up. It hurts so bad. Wow. So I admit what felt like defeat and signed up for a yoga membership. <laughs> For, for a person who loves like cardio and hardcore workouts, like yoga, right. I was like, oh, fine. But fine. it's here that I, I really learned the beauty of stepping back and not pushing myself. Yeah. Um, my favorite teacher ever, 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 and she's not there anymore, Anya, um, taught the most gentle, most modified class. I would wake up, I think it was a 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning class. Um, and it was just like super modified. She, and she was so fit, right? She like super in shape. Um, but she didn't push us at all to like put our legs over our heads or get bendy. Mm -hmm. She didn't push us to peak poses. The ones that you see in Instagram pictures. Um, she just started class off really gently, highly encouraged the use of props. So we were just like Mm -hmm. holding things and not going too far. And she, um, taught us proper alignment and breath over any mm-hmm. kind of cardio workout. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crazy thing is after 30 years of believing that I will always be inflexible, I actually started to be able to stretch further. Like I've been making yeah. jokes about how inflexible I am for <laughs> forever. She has. <laughs> Kisa's heard it. I've heard them all. Um, and I learned that moving your body can feel wonderful and it didn't have to hurt. Yeah. And you don't have to be super flexible to do yoga. Yeah. Oh my God. No, you do not have to be super flexible. I will. You don't have to be flexible at all. (laughs) No, you don't have to be able to do anything. There is a class for you. I've gone into classes and literally just like gotten into child's pose with it, which is basically like, like laying on your stomach on your knees (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just not done a lot. Um, but then of course, you know, cause I hurt myself doing everything. Um, both of my heels in the most random of injuries were like, I I didn't go to the doctor, but it felt like when I had torn my calf muscle, it was like I had gotten a torn muscle in both of my heels in the most (laughs) random spots. And and I just like, I could feel if I stretched, it would get worse. And so I just had to, like, I had to pull back from yoga completely. Um, because I knew in my heart that even yoga with this injury would not allow me to heal. Yeah. So I found that even with yoga, I have to be the one to listen to my body and to not push myself through pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to be the one in a yoga class to decide to just not do a move. Yeah. And I learned when I did decide to go back, like I ball up a towel sometimes and put it under my foot, even if it looks super weird. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so taking my time, learning slowly, proper alignment, I've discovered why my wrist always got injured also. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was just constantly putting pressure on the weakest part of my wrist and probably could have asked somebody about that a long time ago. Um, 
But now finally, I'm on the verge of doing freestanding handstands, not because I pushed through wrist pain, but figured out how to pull back and strengthen it instead. Yeah. That's awesome, Mary. Yeah. Um, by the way, remember our podcast on why you shouldn't try. I have been doing some kind of exercise to work on my handstand every other day since that episode. Sweet. And I have recorded 45 days of handstand work just, awesome. just as an aside. You're, as, you're doing 100 days, right? Doing 100, 100, okay. 100 days of handies. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> 100 handstands. Can't wait. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this journey of mine has taught me that when I was moving my body for fun, because it felt good, it was easier and I was more likely to do it. And I got so much more out of it than building muscle or losing weight. Yeah. Um, It also taught me that a very gentle practice is more than good enough. Mm -hmm. I give myself credit every time I show up. Mm -hmm. I allow myself to be kind and to hold back. And it kind of makes me really angry at all of the people who encouraged me to ignore my pain. Yeah. When I had muscle cramping in my rib cage in basketball, I can remember it in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get these cramps in my, like between my ribs and it made it super hard to breathe. Like I was being stabbed in the side and mm-hmm. everyone told me I was just being dramatic and to just push through. Mm-hmm. And then of course, all the cardio instructors, like their whole job is to be like, push through the pain, no pain, no gain. Right. <laughs> Right. Right? That's their whole, their whole life is don't give up, keep going, even if it hurts. Right. Um, and then, you know, as much as I love CrossFit, I've, I had a couple of CrossFit instructor instructors that just encouraged me to move to higher weights too quickly without checking my alignment to try pistols, even with the pain and even yoga instructors that pushed me to stretch in ways that was too much too soon. Mm hmm. And, you know, I'm angry, but I send them my love truly. They are stuck in the same culture I am. It tells tells us that we need to be strong and skinny. And to get there, we need to stop eating food and punish our bodies in a fury of motion. (laughs) Right. Um, And I have this memory, and I don't know where I heard it from, but I always thought that an hour of exercise a day was the minimum we needed to do for our benefit. I don't remember Mm -hmm. where I heard that, but it was like in my head forever. Yeah. And I never... Like I wasn't doing an hour of exercise a day, but it, it always like it always created a lot of shame or and like guilt because I thought I was supposed to be. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think there's. I mean, there's always some recommendation, and it's you know like food as well, like food or exercise, and then you don't eat that correct amount of food or the correct type of food, or mm-hmm. you don't exercise the correct amount of time. And then, yeah, you're just left feeling shameful, Mm -hmm. feeling guilty. And then, you know, like that's not, that's not what exercise is for. That's not what eating is for. There should be no shame or guilt in either of those. Yeah. And I just remember like never being able to do enough exercise. There was never enough. Right. So if there's anything I can encourage you to do, if you're in that place right now is to scale back a lot to the point Mm -hmm. where it feels like you're not doing much of anything. And Mm -hmm. just see what it feels like. I want you to know that beneficial exercise does not have to look like your manic cardio instructor instructor says it does. It can look like anything and it should feel good, not painful. And when you learn to listen to your body, you will know the difference between this is hard and my muscles are being pushed to their limit, which is fine and can feel wonderful. And please stop. I'm in pain. And those are two different feelings that is really worth learning the difference. Yeah. 
Definitely for sure. Yeah. So my friends, thank you for allowing us to share our stories with you. I hope you can learn from our journeys, our successes and our lessons learned. Mm -hmm. And Kisa is going to start sharing our five tips that can help you get through exercise when shit hits the fan for you. All right, guys. So uh, tip number one for you is to let go. Yeah. Let go of your expectations of what you should be doing or what you used to do. This will free you up from guilt or frustration and know that you are in the right place and that this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tip number two for you is to be patient. If you experience a major setback, I encourage you to be patient with yourself. Will getting mad at yourself or putting yourself down serve you? No, it never does. <laughs> so... <laughs> Not in any circumstance whatsoever. So when you start to get mad or upset with yourself, say, hey, getting mad is not serving me, but compassion will. Oh, I like that. Patience will. Yeah. And uh, tip number three for you is to reevaluate your reasons for working out. If your main reason is to lose weight or burn as many calories as possible, I encourage you to shift your reasoning. Look for reasons that are more sustainable and take the pressure off losing weight or burning X amount of calories. You know, maybe it's to have energy and stamina to keep up with your kids. Maybe it's a stress relief, or maybe you know you just feel better when you're moving your body. So look for a reason why you work out that doesn't include weight loss or burning a certain amount of calories. Very good. And our tip number four is to stop comparing. Mm -hmm. Everyone is at different stages of life and have different needs and goals. And what you need right now is going to be very different than your neighbor's needs. Yeah. And number five is find support. Support's always so good when it comes to Mm -hmm. making making a change. Find a buddy who's going to keep you accountable. It is so much easier to show up if somebody else is counting on you to be there. And I have to be honest, I have a tendency to show up and work out the way I said I would when I have a coach, workout buddy, or accountability buddy with me. Um, My my friend Rena was was staying with us and she convinced me to go to Orange Theory, which is like one of those (laughs) crazy cardio, like hour-long workout things, uh, interval training. Uh And part of it is always running or walking on a treadmill. And we had to like like pinky swear to each other that we weren't going to let each other run. And so like we kept looking at each other, like, don't you do it. Don't Don't you you do it. it. Don't you run. (laughs) That was really good. Right. Having a buddy to like, look at me and like, don't, don't do it. Running's not good for you. That reminds me of our friend uh, that we did CrossFit with. Um, She had a a lower back injury Mm -hmm. and she was like, don't let me, you know, do certain things. And so, I remember every time she would like maybe try and do something, we would just look at her and like shake our finger at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good, right? Buddies. And she was like, oh, I know buddies <laughs> nope, can help you that. work out hard or, but buddies can also really kind of keep you in check when you're pushing yourself yes, further than exactly. is good for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Alrighty, friends, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for being awesome as always and listening in. And definitely tune into our next episode where we talk about um, telling other people to 
I won't use the word I want to use. My plate, my business. My Somebody's plate, my asking business. you about your food. You tell them. You tell we'll, them. We'll tell you how. <laughs> we'll if tell you'd like you to know more about us. And if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. You can also contact me, Mary, at my website at maryelisepreston.com or Kisa at her website at kisaamaro.com. And that's K-E-Y-S-A-A-N-A-R-O.com. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible, and we need your help to get our message out. We would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who could benefit from our podcast. And last but not least, if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would leave us us an honest review on iTunes. Simply go to iTunes, search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews, and click on write a review. That's it. Super helpful. All right, friends. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Yay. Whoop, whoop.